Hey, y'all. You're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. Hey, y'all. This episode, our case conceptualization is based on the sitcom that started in 1996 and rolled out for four seasons, Keenan and Kale. Woo! Oh, okay, here so. we go. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> they said that so many times. Like they did they did their bloopers episodes of like each time that they did that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That and every time Kita would go, why? Why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So dramatic. All of Nickelodeon stars. Jeez. Oh, I love Nickelodeon. I loved it so much. I did too. Like at first watching it, I was like, why did I find this funny as a kid? And then the more I watched it, the more I actually found it funny as an adult. <laughs> like they just be falling out and flipping and just looking crazy all over the place. Like what? It was really hard for me to watch it because... <laughs> again now nice. because I love them and they fucked up every episode like they got into trouble something terrible happened I don't like watching people I love suffer it was really hard I was like oh I know this is gonna it's gonna go bad oh I know it's gonna get yeah. worse before it gets better I want to close my eyes I don't want to watch them mess it up anymore <laughs> and it was every single episode so like every episode I know that these people these characters who I love and care about and cherish are gonna go through some catastrophe and it hurt my feelings <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it did hurt <laughs> every time because you thought that they would learn their lesson or what really hurts is when they find a solution to their problem, but then it still turns out to be a problem. Like like one of the Thanksgiving episodes when Kel ate all the, I mean, uh, yeah, Kel ate all the turkey and then Keenan went to go like buy the turkey and get and they replaced the turkey and everything. And then they Kel, said we deliver. And then they brought two live turkeys. Two live turkeys. <laughs> and if you pay attention, Kim Fields directed that episode. And so yes. when they had the two turkeys, he was like, let's call this one Tootie and this one Regine. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> that wasn't she, in the script. <laughs> right, right. She was in a, a few of them. Well, not mm-hmm. she was in one and then um, directed a few of them. And I, I picked up on that, too. Um, I had no idea, of course, as kids, like who's going to pay attention to the director? <laughs> Who pays attention to the to the credits as a kid? <laughs> and then I didn't know that her real name was Kim Fields. Then she was Regine. That's <laughs> factuals. I didn't even know her real name or Tweet. <laughs> one of the two. Or, and then in yeah. the later seasons, um, her sister worked at Rigby's with Keenan because that girl, ooh, Alexis Fields, was in every uh, show of the 90s. <laughs> what? I had no idea. Yep, that last little season four that for some reason is not available on Netflix. But It's okay. not. And I was I felt some type of way because I'm like, what happened? So annoying. I'll take what I can get, though. Right. But I did appreciate just like I don't <laughs> I like hearing like familiar things. So just hearing Keen Nickel was recorded in front of a live audience at Nickelodeon Studios Orlando at Universal Studios, Florida, hearing that <laughs> over and over. I was like, 
Chicago references mm-hmm. in the show. The buildings and, I, and the, yeah. the sports teams and yes. all of that. I was like, oh my God. And then Kale's and then, accent, because Kale is from Chicago and Kale's accent oh. is so Chicago. Like the first couple episodes when he was like, <laughs> how are we going to get a cop? <laughs> <laughs> I did not pick up on that. I, and you know, people, <laughs> you say that, but I don't really feel like I hear accent when I when I talk to oh, people here in Chicago. Yeah, no, I I hear it. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear it. Maybe I've been in the Midwest too long now, but I'm like, yeah, okay, all right. You sound normal. So mm. the most is like Southern, and sometimes it's like they're speaking a different language in certain areas, like. I, maybe I'm that old now. I don't understand certain t- like slang, but for real, their slang here is a little different for me. Like I, they be talking I'm like, wait, is this a different language? What did you just say? <laughs> but Chicago, they make up their own stuff. Like Joe, why is Joe? What the fuck is Joe? Who is Joe? Who is Joe? Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. So yeah, but that that was interesting for me to realize, and then. I didn't know. I don't know if I told you, but I met Kel in what? person. What? Yes. I went to his stand-up yes. at the yes, University you did. of yes, Iowa. You did. Actually, you did. <laughs> and, I remember and now. <laughs> I took a bunch of selfies with him, like a crazed woman. <laughs> you could see his reaction. And all the different <laughs> pictures, like, what? Okay, enough. What is wrong with you? <laughs> He's teetering on whether or not he should call security. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this line of people and I'm just sitting there like and then I went away 
it was great. It was great. The stand-up was good, too. And, I mean, it just, it was nice to see him, you know, doing his thing. But I didn't know he was from Chicago either. So, see, he was in, he was in the neck of the woods doing a little tour, it seems. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I was nice. absolutely positively in love with him as a child. Really? In love. Oh, I can see. I can imagine. And then I just grew out of it. <laughs> he was so cute when he was. He was, was so nice. <laughs> I just, yeah. I think what, what probably made me grow out of my little crush with him was um, when he had that stupid bob braid. The bobs with the braids. Oh, it. The braided when bobs. He when he was it. Yeah. Was like, that's yeah, a wig. Okay. I, I sacrificed that. I said, that's the things that he has to do to make the money to support us and our future family. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm very understanding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see. You are so nice. So kind. Okay. And so <laughs> along with this, I have um, questions that also go with the, the diagnosis. So mm-hmm. with me saying that, and for Kyra. When does it stop being a childhood crush? And when does it become delusional disorder? Because <laughs> mm. Kyra was in love with him. Kyra was calling him her boyfriend. Kyra locked that other girl in the bathroom after putting the pizza in her chair and getting sauce all on her booty. When does it stop at just crush and become a full-on delusion? Hello. That's my little sister, Kyra. <laughs> And this is my boyfriend, Cal. <laughs> I already know Cal. Oh, yeah? Well, back off. Ooh, <laughs> Where's okay, that line? Maybe. Because I, I think, think I line... cross it regularly. Um. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you wasn't supposed to agree that quick. But um, <laughs> where clinically with your, you know, your clinical opinion, can you identify the line for me? Because clearly I cannot. And um, yeah. You know what? I can identify that line. Um, the line was crossed. Mm-hmm. When? For Kyra, of course. Not for me. For Kyra. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, when she made that sculpture that kind of looked like Tupac. <laughs> now that I think about it. I think that was the delusion. But also, there was a moment where Kel was like, this is my girlfriend because that old girl at her, par- her party. Well, that girl was really was like bullying to- her and being mean. Right. And he was so just trying to be a good friend. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that like kind of... It fed it into her me. delusion. It fed into it, I feel like, you know? And um, yeah, so so are we gonna that, diagnose that's the Kyra? For me. Is it is it full on delusional disorder, erotomanic type? Mm, yes. Well, developing because you know, she's still a child, but you know, she's still yeah. And okay, so is but is that a- out of age? Like, is that developmentally appropriate? That's no, because it's see. never developmentally appropriate to create a sculpture. But that blind girl did it for <laughs> Richie in the Hello video. So clearly it's a regular happenstance. But I don't think I've ever made a shrine, even for Michael B. Jordan. I mean, come on now. If we're talking about, if we're talking about shrines, we're <laughs> talking about Nickelodeon. <laughs> I, I feel like every show had a... <laughs> Someone with a love right. shrine to someone else on Nickelodeon. What right. were they teaching us as children? <laughs> exactly. To create shrines. 
<laughs> to emphatically impose our love onto people despite their <laughs> return mm-hmm. desire or not. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's exactly it. You got it. <laughs> so because of that, I do feel like it it can. I do feel like it she can be diagnosed with that. I think we can assess for that. How about that? We're, we we can are, assess. we're assessing for it. We have not fully diagnosed her. We are se- assessing her uh, commitment and true belief to <laughs> this relationship that she has with Kale in her mind. Yeah, because it, it is a level of severity, like severity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like how how much does this like affect her ability to get her schoolwork done or is Kel actually not safe when she's there? <laughs> I mean, you other say, than your sister is squeezing me again. <laughs> we have to have house rules for her when he comes over. No, saying, Kyra, are you choosing Kel as your Christmas present? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Daddy she always offers keep her receipt. Okay. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> right. You a hater. You mad because Mrs. Rockmore didn't mm. want you for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. He, oh man. She or he was a mess. The dad. I diagnosed was a mess. him as well. You did? I did. I, I diagnosed was- Roger Rockmore. Yeah. With uh-huh. intermittent explosive disorder. Okay. Yes. Yes. That can be it. I didn't know if I if I wanted to use that or if it would be. I don't know. I mean, because is it annoying to have Kale at your house? You know, making you do terrible things regularly. Yes, but like his responses were a little bit extreme. There's other ways that he could have handled the situation to prevent. Kale from mm-hmm. being able to return and continue to do the same things over and over and over each and every single time. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, criteria for that, that I felt that he fit was the um, recurrent behavioral outbursts representing a failure to control aggressive impulses as manifested by verbal aggression or physical aggression towards property animals or other individuals occurring twice weekly on average for a period of three months. We don't know how long Kenan and Kale was friends, so we assume this has been going on for a very long time. The physical aggression does not result in damage or destruction of property and does not result in physical injury to animals or other individuals. And so, like, he had snatched Kale up, but he wasn't, like, really, really hurting him. and then along with that, he the magnitude of the aggressiveness expressed during the recurrent outburst is grossly out of proportion to the provocation or any precipitating psychosocial stressors. And the recurrent aggressive outbursts are not premeditated and are not committed to achieve some tangible object. So does he meet the criteria? Yeah, I, I feel like you don't feel like. The last one again. Uh, the recurrent aggressive outbursts are not premeditated. They are impulsive and or anger based and are not committed to achieve some tangible objective such as money or power. Yeah. yeah. He's not trying to get money or power. He just, ah, Kel. Yeah. And I don't like the way he said Kel name because it sounded like he was saying cow. Who is cow? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know no nigga named cow. <laughs> he, he did kick him out the house. Mm-hmm. 
a few times. And when he did kick him out the house, that well, it was out the window. He he fell out the window with Kale. Um, <laughs> so I guess that. But that was an accident, and it was not premeditated, and it was as it was as a result of his anger-based reaction. Yep. Okay. In a minute. Uh, okay. In, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So we got dad diagnosed. All right. So what about Kel? <sighs> well, so about around a few things. Uh, let's just go ahead and get the, the obvious out of the way with yes. his severe other substance use disorder yeah. being orange soda and mm-hmm. uh, feeling like it is pretty severe. At this it point, is it's very. with, you know, just <laughs> when he was mm-hmm. like, don't you ever, have you ever had any fantasies or dreams about anything? <laughs> I'm drinking orange soda. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. You remember that nightmare he had? When he was, and he said he was gonna stop drinking soda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kel. <laughs> and so he fully met criteria for that as well. With the uh, the in this case where the substance is orange soda, and the substance is often taken in larger amounts over a longer period than was intended. There is a persistent desire or unsuccessful efforts to cut down or control the use of substance, like you said, when he tried to quit unsuccessfully. (laughs) And a great deal of time is spent in activities necessary to obtain the substance, use the substance, or recover from its effects. Craving or a strong desire or urge to use the substance. Recurrent use of the substance in situations in which is physically hazardous, such as the time when he went to the doctor and his insides were orange and the doctor (laughs) said, this is unhealthy. You have to slow down. And then continuing to use that substance, despite the knowledge of having the persistence or recurrent physical or psychological problem that is likely to have been caused or exacerbated by the substance. So like he kept drinking even after knowing that that was an actual issue. The development of his tolerance and his withdrawal symptoms when he was trying to <laughs> to avoid uh, the orange soda as well. So I feel like all of those, he definitely met the criteria and um, met the severity of severe use disorder of orange soda. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> if anyone's looking for a description or a behavior <laughs> or example of what addiction looks like that is Kel right there and and he was he was um what did, how did they what did they say a functional Ooh. addict you know <laughs> as we like to call some people mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> some of y'all like y'all alcohol y'all do y'all do y'all do ooh um, <laughs> but you know we we able to function and, and get things done so we don't make it a big deal so yeah we got to remember and so also with that, I was a little bit concerned and kind of bounced around. Of course, he, of course, is not the age to diagnose personality disorders, but I was starting to get the inkling of dependent personality disorder. But then I kind of mm-hmm. pushed back from it because there are multiple times where he does try to assert himself. He says no 
plenty. He, of, he says no every episode. Every episode. <laughs> every episode. But that no is kind of just trampled over and ignored. But he did definitely like want uh, Kenan's approval. And then mm-hmm. even when he did mess up, did not want to lose that connection with him. Like when uh, the episode, of course, with the I drop the screw <laughs> in the tuna. I drop the screw in the tuna. <laughs> I drop the screw in the tuna. It was me. Oh, the humanity. And so, <laughs> but even in his plea to his case, it was... <laughs> we still boys, right? We still boys, right? Oh my god, that boy is stupid. Don't <laughs> take me to jail. Please don't take me to jail. I <laughs> drop the screw in the <laughs> Whenever I'm guilty for something, that's gonna be my line. Nickelodeon <laughs> writers. Like, how do they come up with <laughs> okay, so this episode? It's going to be one where they have, you know, a court scene and there's going to be a litigation because there is a screw <laughs> in a can of, of tainted tuna. <laughs> Who comes up with this shit? Amanda, please. <laughs> I think she did. It was all her. Uh, she was too young. She wasn't even on all that by the time. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Damn. Who came up with this? I don't know. I don't know, did. but it's comedy genius. Ah! <laughs> and you know I would but even watching it again it's like man there was moments where I was like I don't even know if I understood that joke as a kid but now this is extra funny and like some of their little side side comments <laughs> it'd be so funny and it's, it, it reminds me at that this I'm not watching I hate to make it about black and white but, but it is it is it is, it is. <laughs> so uh, their their little commentary be like ha that's black like you know mm-hmm. like it's it, that it's wasn't a little moment <laughs> right yeah little moments <laughs> and all of like Kale's dancing like didn't nobody tell him to do the prince <laughs> okay and he always doing that that fucking uh, pelvic thrust over somebody like just. <laughs> Always was a pelvic. He was on the mic and he was like, and then <laughs> just wave your or wave your orange soda in the air. And then you like living in Chicago. Let me hear you say, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> anytime oh, that came in, JoJo. Always. Anytime Kel was singing something, he ooh yeah. <laughs> it don't matter. He was not singing the song. He always ad libs in the song. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I love them. I appreciate yeah, them. Shout out to Nickelodeon so. for putting two young black characters on television and letting mm-hmm. them be young black men. Mm-hmm. I love that. That I was cool. That for us. I love that for them. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Nickelodeon. Shout out 
Chaz because Hall. they it wasn't even that they uh, pitched the show themselves. They were just casted on all that and then had such instant chemistry that the creatives around the show were like, these guys have like we should we should do something with them, like maybe oh, even wow. give them their own show. And then uh, I think his name is Kim Bass. He also wrote on like T and Tamara. It was the creative yeah. for that show as well. He nice. pretty much just developed the show into what it is. And so shout out to that singular black man seeing the chemistry between these two young black men and creating opportunities because that's what it's all about is creating opportunities for black creativity yeah yeah <laughs> but i i really did like the fact that like you said it's a, it's a black show you can tell that they were being their authentic black selves at times he had mm-hmm. he had a little moments where he's like i see you black boy i see that black boy magic right there i appreciate mm-hmm. that yeah mm-hmm. so. Black boy joy just all up and through here. And then like Keita had locks. Like it was just uh, yes. I don't know who was dressing Kale. I'm not sure who's yeah. responsible for that, but I really didn't appreciate how his shirt was falling off his shoulder sometimes. Like, why is your shirt over here? Like your shirt looked too big for you, bro. And biggie, big, big baggy clothes was in, I guess. So But you, you don't need to have a drunk too- collar, like yeah wardrobe wardrobe get together wardrobe is not from chicago they couldn't have been (laughs) there were some questionable (laughs) items that they were wearing i'm like what is this what you guys wearing i don't like it yeah i thought and i was gonna say something about the fashion choices too i was like they were very 90s they were very 90s 90s. (laughs) oh my gosh and like i will never get over the fact like how you wearing a belt with baggy jeans it's so funny with your shirt tucked in that's what you oh that's what you did with your shirt tucked in oh I can't because you're so respectable (laughs) oh my god it reminds me being of middle school wearing uniforms and all like the gangster cool kids wore their pants like sagged their pants with the belt because they had to wear a belt at school and then they had to tuck in their shirt because it's a part of the uniform so you see all these kids in these polar collar shirts with their sagged khakis and it's tucked in with their belt around their their lower butt. It was so cool. I loved seeing it. It was, oh, it was my favorite part of the day. Sounds like it really triggered uh, some experiences for you, of which I, I apologize that I can't relate to at all because all of the gangster cool kids were probably my homeboys. And I never went to a school where we had to wear uniforms. No one in- invested in us that much uh, at the public schools I attended. So yeah, uh, it's an experience. I'm sorry, I can't validate for you. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I wasn't cool all my life. You know, like, I was I was kind of bullied in middle school. But I know. Oh, this is taking a turn. So, uh, Kale, though, where the hell was Kale's parents? Um, that's a very good question. And it, it like Kel felt like very at home at Keenan's house. So in my mind, you know, I'm a create, I'm a, I'm a reach, and I'm gonna create a backstory. Okay. And so in the in the reach that I'm creating this time, reach. Kel uh, is only child. Yes. And enjoyed the the camaraderie and um that the strong relationship that he had Keenan with Keenan, and because he did not have any other siblings to fill mm-hmm. that role, and so mm-hmm. Keenan was almost like a brother to him because he did not have that. I'm going to assume that one of Kale's parents may have been an alcoholic, and there was some <laughs> turmoil there. Not saying that they weren't themselves functioning, 
But this is where Kale learned that addictive personality uh, from, that dependence on a certain type of substance. He got that it was okay, but uh, as long as you are continuing to function, because clearly they, it seems like they lived in the same neighborhood and Keenan's father was a whole air flight controller at O'Hare. So they, you know, they had a little bit of something coming in. And so Kale's parents, I'm assuming, did as well. Kale never seemed like he was going without. However, mm-hmm. it seemed like there was some turmoil in Kale's home so that he had just he just appreciated the stability of Keenan's house so much that he just spent his time there. And because all of the turmoil, his parents just felt like it was OK. Just go to Keenan's house. Go, go ahead. Go to Keenan's house. At least we know you're mm-hmm. safe there. And the Rockmores just accepted that. And that is why they let him keep coming, even though he did stuff like still steal their VCR, eat up all of their food, pour hot coffee on them, spill stuff on them, push them out of window. You know, all of those things that continue to happen, kill the bird, just all types of things. Damn, forgot about the damn bird. Just like on um, Martin. They ain't had to do I the feel like they like just that. stole that episode. Like they stole the whole episode. <laughs> they did. They, they did. stole the whole episode. <laughs> What is it about sitcoms, man? Like, they be stealing it's, each other's shit. There's only so many themes that they had in the 90s, and they just rinse, recycle, and repeat. <laughs> yes. And we not, we can't come up with nothing new. We all, we've seen it before. Okay, this is the episode. This this is like Family Matters, or this is Full House, or you, you know, it's Tia and There's Tamara. always a court scene. <laughs> There's all always the someone is going to get held up or robbed by Santa or a clown. Oh, God. <laughs> no wait when they got robbed by Santa Claus and Kale said you'll never make it to the circus fail face I died I died <laughs> there's so- I also thought that that was a little <sighs> dark because remember Chicago had that child uh, serial killer that was dressing up as a clown so I was like that's a little touchy oh, now yeah. you're a little responsible in this John- John Gacy. Yeah. yeah. That creepy mm-hmm. motherfucker. That was a very interesting documentary on Netflix. You guys should check it out. <laughs> Just saying. Clearly, <laughs> I watch a lot of true crime. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but yes, there are certain themes that happen in sitcoms that are just always predictable. There is always like a cop or jail scene where, mm-hmm. you know, they end up in jail, like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, like, so interesting. I, but I had never figured it out until doing this show and watching shows again and realizing that there's really a pattern with the way, with TV and in Hollywood, when how we did TV back in the day. I think what's refreshing now, currently, is that people are being becoming more creative with the content and the ideas that they're putting out. Like Insecure was just completely something different of, of its own, like especially for someone who was Black, but then also, you know, just the, the content was so real and unpredictable. So that was cool. It's also a different take on sitcoms. Like we don't have a lot of live studio audience sitcoms that are for us in the that type of lane you know when i when you think about that though it makes me think about house of pain like and those types that of was shows. not a live studio audience that was not what is it's tyler perry pushing a button anywho we digress can it can it <laughs> you know 
I was really struggling to find something for Kina. I was thinking like a personality disorder, but then I was like, narcissistic is a bit much for him. I don't know. I don't know what I would give Kina other than being just ugh, a troublemaker. <laughs> like just being a teenager. I felt like you being a typical teenager, just getting into shit. What what do you what do you think? I also agree that he is a very typical teenager. I only diagnosed him with ADHD inattentive type. Hmm. And I think that because we also get his some of some episodes with experiences with him in school. So then we're able to see him in school, him at work and him at home. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like that is definitely something that I would like to look into further and rule out other things to see if that was the case. Because the criteria that I felt that he met was, especially for the inattentive type, was the often fails to give close attention to details or makes careless mistakes in schoolwork, at work or during other activities like overlooks mm. or misses the details or mm -hmm. the work is inaccurate. Like the time where he was supposed to set up the bananas and he was peeling He's the peeling bananas. He's peeling them, missed it. <laughs> and then setting them out. Um, often <laughs> does not seem to listen when spoken to directly. Mind seems elsewhere, even in the absence of any obvious distractions mm -hmm. where like his parents would repeat things to him and make them say, make him save it back to them to make sure that he was listening mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. another example. Um, often does not follow through on instructions and fails to finish schoolwork, chores, or duties in the workplace. He should have been fired plenty of times from Rigby's. Um. Oh, <laughs> too many. But I mean, to start with, he was putting holes in melons and <laughs> throwing apples. Just all types of mess. Uh, all types. Of often, uh, with that, often has difficulty organizing and tasks <laughs> and activities, difficulty managing sequential tasks, difficulty keeping materials and belongings in order, messy, disorganized work, has poor time management, fails to meet deadlines. A lot of the, the mess ups in the show were a result from <laughs> him having, oh, this regular kid idea, but then his inability to follow through in an organized fashion with the sequential layout of things resulting mm -hmm. as problematic um, mm -hmm. and then often avoids dislikes or is reluctant to engage in tasks that require sustained mental effort. So he was very uh, able to do schoolwork because mm -hmm. we see like the one time that his <laughs> the one time his principal was wanting to talk to his parents. And so he hired actors. It was really oh. for good news. They were saying that he, ha he, he has this high it. ability. Mm -hmm. It's just that before he wasn't putting an effort and that was mm -hmm. the case, but now he had been, it was doing better. And then lastly, I felt that he met, um, is often easily distracted by extraneous uh, stimuli for older adolescents and adults may include unrelated thoughts. And so him getting distracted and going off on a tangent, such as I need you to get three buffaloes, two cheerleaders and some eggs and meet me on the roof. Let's go, Skippy. <laughs> he had the weirdest like request of him <laughs> I need a jar of peanut butter <laughs> right. 17 pogo sticks <laughs> 3 pounds of what is it he said 3 pounds of, of chicken something and <laughs> meet me at the Grand Canyon <laughs> chicken salad 3 pounds of chicken salad and meet me at the Grand Canyon and then Kel's like <laughs> Where do I get three pounds of chicken salad? That ain't normal. <laughs> All eggs make me queasy. Ah, there it goes. All right. <laughs> Why we go to the zoo? I'm not an animal. I'm a human. <laughs> oh boy. 
I just could only Again, imagine. which is why I bounced around dependent personality. <laughs> you keep going along with this dumb shit. Now by episode 17, you should see. <laughs> look, I'll be like, look, we got to see other people, man. I mean, <laughs> you're a good friend. I like your people. Your people are cool, but... <laughs> Which is why I felt like it was some turmoil going on in Kale's home where he felt like, hey, this is better than what's going on in my house. I mean, it looked fun. I ain't going to even lie. (laughs) And knowing me, I'm like, I want to do it again. I want to open a club called The Bomb. (laughs) Right. Don't make me do it. Okay, here I come. But I'll pass out all the flyers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, come on now. You can't you can't sit here and pretend that she wouldn't be friends with Kel, I mean Keenan and and get into his shenanigans and mayhem. For all Come of on. the free stuff that I that Kel was getting from Rigby's, I'd be friends with a lot of people for that. Do you know how much money he saved in groceries? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he saved about three hundred dollars worth spending all that on orange juice. Yeah, I mean orange soda, hell yeah. But the one time when it was locked in the later episodes, he walked in. He was like, "I can't see the, I can't get to the orange soda because it's locked." <laughs> and Chris was like, "You drank over a hundred dollars worth of free orange soda last month." He was like, "Really? Mm-hmm. I thought it was so much more." <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you remember when soda used to be seventy-five cents? You could get, so before in Buffalo, New York, before there was 7-Eleven, there was Wilson Farms and Wilson Farms had their own brand of orange soda and you could get a can of orange soda for 49 cents. Girl. And I'm, I'm talking, no, I'm talking about the big, the big, like the 16 ounce bottle for 75 cents. Y'all remember? At the, at the little bodega. That's what it sounds like at the bodega. That's what it sounds like at the bodega. So y'all have bodegas, we have corner stores. And they're all run by Arabs, and they don't really play music. I mean, now back in the day, you know, it was it was mostly Hispanic. Now, uh, Jamaica Ave is mostly, you know, uh, Indian and Arab. See, ours has always been Arabs. Damn. Yeah, they changed they many changed from Yem- countries such as Yemen. Yemen. Hmm. I don't know nobody from Yemen. You cool? You know somebody from Yemen? I know a couple of owls. Because everybody got a one dude in their name, Al. <laughs> I probably know somebody. You're right. You're right. I know somebody. But anyway. Yeah. We're it. We're it. <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, who else do we have to diagnose on this show? What about Chris? Chris was a little strange. Glad you said it. So, Chris is the last person that I have. <laughs> to diagnose because technically if you really think about it there really aren't that many characters in this show (laughs) no and it was like that's brilliant you guys didn't have to pay that many people (laughs) but they had some really cool guest stars that's fun they did they did they had lots of famous people that came by and then they had lots of non-famous people that just did weird stuff like miss quagmire (laughs) miss quagmire girl always want a hot sauce miss quagmire (laughs) Did you finish all your hot sauce that fast? Did you point me to the hot sauce? <laughs> hot sauce, uh, some ointment. I really want to yeah, know what this ointment is. Yeah, Miss Quagmire, why you always need ointment? <laughs> Maybe it was just arthritis ointment. It might be, you know. Because I didn't even ointment. think that. I didn't. I haven't thought about arthritis ointment until like I had to think about arthritis ointment. 
And so mm-hmm. now I'm like, maybe she just needed off right this ointment. That's common. Oh, you know, there ain't no ointment for that itch. Yeah, want to be that itch ointment. <laughs> but I mean, what about, mm, yeast infection. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh, Miss Quagmire, no. Ah! I can't believe Miss Quagmire. Okay, just kidding. It is arthritis ointment. And we're moving on. This is regular cortisol. Matter of fact, she just got bug bites. You know what? It's mosquitoes that grow in Miss Quagmire backyard because she has a bird bath. And so. I mean, looking at the house, she had a moose and a fucking Ah! swordfish. So I wouldn't be surprised if she had a bird bath and some live creatures in her backyard. (laughs) She looked like that type of character. Her aggressive (laughs) self. Always beating up on Chris. Chris should have pressed charges on on Miss Quagmire ass. He needed a restraining order. Matter of fact, you can't come back to Rigby's, Miss Quagmire. But why is she still even coming back to Rigby's if she's a lottery winner? She didn't come back for a while. She didn't come back to like season four after she won the lottery. <laughs> you right? <laughs> All her lottery money ran out. <laughs> she probably was out there tricking, <laughs> living oh, her okay. best life. <laughs> Being a cool girl. He's <laughs> <laughs> so old. It's just. But Chris, I'm sorry. Chris, sorry, Chris. Hey. Um, I diagnosed Chris <laughs> with his. Uh, <sighs> I diagnosed Chris with avoidant personality disorder. I wanted to talk to this about, about, I wanted to talk to you about this and see if you agreed. Okay. (laughs) So um, the criteria that I felt that Chris met was the avoiding occupational activities that involve significant interpersonal contact because of fears of criticism, disapproval, or rejection. So I felt that he had those internal fears, but that he also, a lot of times, if you notice, if somebody was going to be coming for a delivery or if there was customers, lots of customers out front, he was sent Keenan. Hmm. Keenan was always at the front. Keenan was always the face. Keenan was always the person that people spoke to. I felt that he was also unwilling to get involved with people unless certain of being liked, that he showed restraint with intimate relationships because of the fear of being shamed or ridiculed. Like when... (laughs) uh, When he said like different words like kerfuffle or hullabaloo and they would be like hullabaloo Hullabaloo. yeah he was like must you always mock me (laughs) (laughs) but then he he said bananas or he'll put like random d's or b's where they don't belong yeah okay and we were and you were saying midwestern thing that i didn't get uh it's preoccupied with being criticized or rejected in social situations Mm-hmm. is uh, inhibited in new interpersonal situations because of feelings of inadequacy, views self as socially inept, personally unappealing, or inferior to others. I just mm-hmm. keep thinking about when he, was it the 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 actor came? He was like, I have a car. And that's the only thing that he could really say. <laughs> <laughs> right. There were other things going on in his mind that where that was the only thing that he felt confident in, in sharing. Um, and then is usually, oh, I'm sorry, is unusually reluctant to take personal risks or to engage in any new activities because they may prove embarrassing. And, you know, he was kind of s- slow to share all of the things about um, mother, like him holding on to her foot shavings and coming down mashed oh. potatoes. And <laughs> I don't understand why are you keeping her foot shaving. And then they put it on the screen. I was so grossed out by that. I don't know why. 
That was so gross. <laughs> Do you remember that um that that uh that heel shaver mm-hmm. that that had like the the cup on the inside the cup of on it, the inside. and it would collect all of the shavings? That's what it reminded me of. I was like, Damn. probably what it was from. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, that one sounded wet. <laughs> oh. My bad. I'm okay now. <laughs> Are you <laughs> sure? Gross. I'm okay. <sighs> okay, stop. You're grossing me out. <laughs> it's gross. Why are you carrying around somebody foot shavings? I don't care who foot it was. It was in the script. <laughs> he's, he's, he's so interesting. I think... Well, okay, if we're gonna give Kale okay, so that dependent. was my idea. Do you do you agree? Like, do you feel how do how do you feel about that? Do you disagree? Do you would you like to propose something else? Because I am not completely solid in that one. I don't know if I'm solid in it either. But now that we mentioned his mom, I'm like, is he dependent personality disorder? Like mm, good point, you know? good point. Um but like he's how not much seeking out other um other individuals to fill that role like is he wanting his mother's mother's approval yes but with the threat of mother's approval being taken away is he seeking someone else to fill that role i don't think so okay um so like i i completely get what you're saying and kind of agree i just i don't know that's why i'm confused there's really nothing else that i could think of he was just a strange guy. Like he just had all these strange things about him that was Are hard we just to diagnosing say. him as odd? <laughs> right. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna be our, our, our diagnosis in ours. It's gonna be, oh, you're just odd, <laughs> peculiar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to, to describe that one, but but there is something wrong with keeping foot shaving. So then I was like, is it obsessive? Compulsive personality disorder. Is I, it, I don't know. I, he's he's a tough one because he is he has so many different oddities from different categories mm-hmm. that I can't quite place it. <laughs> right. And we don't have enough background on him either to really put an emphasis to say this is a solid diagnosis because he is just one of those characters that you just see for a brief moment that has like a quick conversation and Based off of those conversations, we can imply that there's something there, but he's a hard one to diagnose for sure. I agree. So then I think we can settle on further assessment for Chris. Yes, we can settle on that. We have a couple ideas that we're thinking about. We can screen. We can do, you know, some different Mm -hmm. things with Chris, continue to see, uh, meet with him and see which things Mm -hmm. are potentially causing most impairment into his uh, areas of functioning, which ones are more causing him uh, distress and then go from there. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, you don't need a diagnosis today, you know. No. <laughs> What's his prognosis, though? I do feel like he has a fair prognosis. The only reason why I say fair is because his mother is aging, and, you know, with her growing and uh, getting older, and then the likelihood of her passing, I think that is going to be detrimental to him. And mm. um, it, it'll probably impact, have a huge impact. The grief is going to have a huge impact on his ability to maintain 
you know, the store or maybe even himself. I could see that going either one or two ways where then he completely like loses his grasp on all Mm -hmm. of those things and being able to take care of those responsibilities or because Mm -hmm. his mother was such a function, a major priority in his life that he then throws himself into the store and then makes it super productive. And then it's all about efficiency of the store because that is something that he can control. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because he, he lacked that with so many of the decisions that he had with mother. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the only concern. So working through, um, you know, either processing the the progression of his mother's illness or whatever um, is going to take place because we we can't deny that the older she gets, the more likely she's going to be sick or you know pass. And so she already that, ain't got no teeth, <laughs> right? <laughs> to be gumming down mashed potatoes. Um, <laughs> and and he is a primary caretaker, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, the stressors of being a caretaker is something that is going to continue to be something I would work with him on. And then, um, you know, you know, again, talking about the transition of like maybe getting a nursing, putting her in a nursing home or, you know, things like that, or maybe that conversation of hospice. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's fair. And I, I I wonder if he's going to be okay with I think uh, even before that, if he was currently my client, I would like to see Chris with a little bit of respite care just to see like Mm -hmm. where he is in his functioning. Does he know how to prioritize just his own needs and only take care of himself? Is there some codependency there where you need to be needed and you Mm -hmm. have to be in this caretaker role in order for you to feel fulfilled? And Mm -hmm. I would just like to see like with him getting that break. Okay, now now let's look at what your baseline is. See if it's about the same. See if we're seeing some of those things with like we're saying Mm -hmm. with further assessment. I think that that would be a good piece to tie in as well. Prognosis for Roger Rockmore. I think that man is going to die of a heart attack because he is not handling his stress well his blood pressure has got to be sky high and through the roof yeah (laughs) i hope that o'hare is providing him with quality uh health and life insurance because Uh. the rockamores are gonna need it (laughs) (laughs) he has a a stressful job like look he he lands airplanes he has a stressful uh high-paced job he is mm-hmm. not handling his anger well with Kale coming constantly coming in the house. They mm. clearly are uh, providing a certain level of stability and care for their other family members with all of these weird aunts that they always got to go bail out of jail <laughs> or take to the hospital or just do different stuff. And they got Grady coming over for Thanksgiving. They <laughs> He just has, seems like he has lots of... Um, high needs responsibilities that are constantly pulling in his attention. And if he does not learn how to manage that stress well, that man going to die. <laughs> He just might. No, he will. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because the way he was struggling with a... Mm. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, all of it. But with... He got mad and tried to beat up puzzle pieces. That's supposed to be relaxing, sir. You don't know how to relax. You were spending time with your daughter. (laughs) Yeah, that sucks. It sucks. Well, yeah. I think that. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I think that brings a larger issue to light of, uh, especially professional black men finding ways of relaxing and feeling mm-hmm. that so much of their work worth is tied up in being productive and being providers and being protectors yeah. and being leaders of the family and doing all of those things that there isn't. I know we say this a lot for um, black women. I, 
sometimes I don't think that we say this enough for black men that they have to find ways in order for them to learn how to relax, learn how to prioritize themselves and not just say my wants, my wants, but Mm -hmm. prioritizing your needs, prioritizing your stress levels, how to relax, how to woosah. Right. It's hard. It's hard for them. Like you Mm -hmm. said, like when you are the person that's providing for the family and don't get me wrong. Do correct me if I'm wrong. Did Cheryl have a job? I never see her go to work. Right. So I feel like he was a But she also was never home. Right. So (laughs) questions that need answers. Like, what did you do? Is it is it important that we know what she did? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Cheryl was so busy trying to take care of herself that, you know, that she was doing all of those out doing all those self-care things and Roger was not. Maybe. There we go. That's it. I like that story. Um, <laughs> but, well, Kel, Keenan was, was working too. Well, mm-hmm. Keenan's little money was probably his little play money. Like, they was like, that's your money. They were teaching him responsibility. Um, the best they could. That they was, was trying. I mean, I, they, was, <laughs> they had to do something. Because, like, if Keenan was your son, like... Keenan would be outside. He would not even be my child. I would be like, take the, take the child. Take a... <laughs> Take the whole kid. Take the whole kid. I can't. <laughs> and his little best friend. Take him and his sidekick. Oof. Okay. Mm. So yeah, Roger is he he gonna need some help. What's your prognosis for Kel? Kel, all right. Kel is gonna be all right. Kel is so resourceful. God take care of babies and fools, okay? And Kel is going to be <laughs> Just fine. My only concern with Kale is what career field will he be into? Now, do I think that he's going to be just abundantly successful in something? I'm not exactly sure just because we don't see him um, strategically applying, directly applying himself to any one particular thing. But like there was the one time where he did figure that he had to get a job in order to pay for his orange soda and he got the job at the donut factory and then there was the mishap and then they was up to here and donuts and that was the issue so i just want that where the hell is these school counselors someone needs to intervene with kale and see what his uh his career aspirations are be uh, what his career <laughs> aspirations are not what they be but <laughs> what they are and then also um, kind of figure out what, what skills that he has that he can continue to develop into him having a career in, in one, one, one day. But other than that, Kale's going to be just fine. Yeah, I can see that. I wonder what his career would be. I think he would work well with children. I don't know. His, energy. his ass whooped at that damn uh, that birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pal! yeah you're right but i think he enjoyed it (laughs) probably 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 so then maybe yeah he might open his own uh 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 uh, air get get air uh airbound one of those places and be just fine probably get a a a lawsuit going for all of the the his health ailments due to orange soda Give him a nice little settlement, Ooh. open up a, a children's business and be fine. Uh, right. Lord knows his uh his blood uh, his sugar must be off the chain. Or work at the orange soda factory, get all the free orange soda. Like that would be he'd be fine. I think he would do that too, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be an orange soda salesman. Hmm. I don't know. He might get fired for drinking all the orange soda. 
It works Why not make it to delivery? It works Why not yeah. He could be a phantom boy. Yeah, phantom boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That the moves. Yeah. Yeah, we are completely uh, distracted now. <laughs> we are. I, I did love this show. It's one of my favorite shows. I love the song, especially the, the intro song. Never learn the words. I know you know the words. You know the words. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. To end up in the episode, and I know that if I say it, Daniel won't cut it. So, <laughs> come on, let me get you back. There you go. Get it, get it. <laughs> Everybody out there, go hey. run and tell your homeboys and homegirls it's time to stop making it. Yeah, you keep laughing in the afternoon, so don't touch that dial or leave the room because they always in the something in the front end and you don't want to miss it. The double K, like two legit players. Keenan and Kayla, should I say Kayla and Keenan? Then you gotta watch Keenan because Keenan be scheming with a plan on plot to make it to the top, but they kind of in the middle because they always getting caught. Mistake the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew Mystery. It's just Keenan and Kayla in your vicinity, like Sigrid and Roy, Abbott and Costella, Magic and Kareem. I told you there's only one line I'm confused on and I saw an interview and even Kale don't know what he really say and so I just say like two legit players but it might be like or two like like two get to get a radius or two to get greatness I don't know I I, think two players yeah so I, I just say that so yeah that should not make it into the episode, Daniel. <laughs> Please and thank you. <laughs> Julio's version is a whole lot better. You can just put that in. <laughs> I should all that to say, shout out Nickelodeon, shout out them for uh, giving us Snick at night with all Woo-hoo. of the all of these such teen shows and giving us all of this greatness and all of this just young black joy that we got from Keenan and Kale. I appreciate them and I appreciate just uh, black boy joy. Yeah. It made me it made me think of like the smell of of like fried chicken being cooked and craft macaroni and cheese being made. Why do all 90 sitcoms remind you of fried chicken? Mm. That's just all I ate as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was always fried chicken or that rosy oh, Yes. We love frying some damn chicken. It's a macaroni chips. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we would rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the BSM Podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all, peace. Okay, bye. Bye.